praise the Lord and greetings. You are listening to the iHeart Podcast, episode number 16. On today's session, I would like to welcome all our returning listeners and also those listening in for the first time. And also, a special greeting to my guest, Dr. Oswaldo Moreno, treasurer of the National Messengers of Peace and president of Northeast Coast Messengers of Peace. We are here to testify that no matter where your life journey has taken you in this world, that Jesus loves you, Jesus still saves, and Jesus is still doing work within his people. So listen, grow, as we share what God has done in the life of my guest today, Dr. Moreno. Dr. Moreno, praise the Lord and welcome. Praise the Lord. Thank you for having me. Oh, my pleasure, brother. I'm glad we were able to get together and find time to do this. I really appreciate your time. I never had the pleasure of meeting you in person, so I'm going to grow and learn along with everyone that's listening to us today uh, about what God has done in your life, brother. And um, I kind of wanted to start off with that question. What what was that like for you? What was life before your experience, your personal experience in church or your personal relationship with God? So actually, I'm a fourth generation apostolic, uh, born and raised uh, growing up, uh, sleeping under the pews. <laughs> I mean, my, my earliest apostolic memories is uh, hearing the apostolic hymns as I'm sleeping under the pews. Wow. My mom having... Um, burritos for us uh, just so we won't be uh, interrupting them during service. Um, I mean, my fondest memories is uh, doing homework at the end of uh, the back seats just so my parents uh, view us so I could also be listening to the preachings. So, um, I mean, I come from a, a home that's heavy in ministry. My father being a co-pastor, my mom, uh, being uh, heavily involved in Flor Azul. Mm. So us being one of the first to arrive church, one of the last ones to leave. So uh, being Christian, being uh, apostolic, uh, it, you could say is in our blood. Yes. Um, so I, I wouldn't be able to answer how it would be like outside sure. of my conversion, uh, just because even... Before being baptized, I, I was already uh, instilled the apostolic principles. Mm. That's awesome, brother. What a blessing. What an awesome experience to have. Um, but brother, kind of jumping into the next question, though, how was that personal experience for yourself, even though ingrained and surrounded by all this, you know, ministry and apostolic doctrine? How did that um how did that influence your personal experience to give your life to the Lord? What was that experience like for you? You know, when I was younger, mm -hmm. um, I think I would have answered this differently than today. Mm -hmm. Now I feel I can articulate, I could articulate it better. Mm -hmm. One, understanding it through a developmental psych a psychology framework. Mm. Um, for example, at the beginning, this is all you know. It's part of your mm. identity. Yeah. It's part of your lifestyle. Um, going to church back then, Tuesdays, Thursdays, uh, yes. and Sundays, Sundays being in the morning for Sunday school, going home for lunch, coming back for uh, our evening services. That's all we knew. Yeah. Um, but then as one gets older and once he uh, starts going to grade school, starts seeing diversity, starts seeing different 
paradigms, different views, different values, different beliefs and practices, mm-hmm. um, you begin to see how you are different as a Christian, as an apostolic. You begin to see how your father speaks differently than the other fathers. Mm-hmm. You begin to see how your mother looks differently. I, I'm, I'm, I'm the youngest of three boys. And so I was able to see how even the, the, the role of woman would be different as well within the church in relation to a lot of mothers. Um, come my teenage years, I did feel at times, uh, I did feel pressured mm. that uh, because it is in our blood, in our lifestyle, to be baptized. Mm-hmm. But my fear and my worry was I did see a lot of older um, youth at that time that would get baptized but would not remain mm. uh, faithful in the walk with Christ. And I didn't want that. I, I wanted to take this seriously. And I didn't want to get baptized just because it was my lifestyle or because it was all I knew or because I was being pressured mm-hmm. by my environment. I wanted to do it because of me. Mm-hmm. So a lot of my friends were getting baptized as early as 12 years old, 13 years old. And I didn't want that because I wanted to make sure that I really knew mm-hmm. uh, at the time. So I got baptized my senior year of high school. Wow. Uh, which is a little different. It's a little, uh, the the story, the trajectory is a little bit different uh, because typically when one is born and raised in church, mm-hmm. the norm is you get baptized a little younger. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to make sure that uh, I wanted to be committed in what I was doing mm-hmm. um, and I wanted to be really grounded. And it's not that I wasn't grounded or committed then. Yeah. I just wanted to really know uh, part of maybe that influence was my father was baptized at 15 years old. Mm-hmm. And uh, a month later, he decided to that uh, this walk was not for him. Mm-hmm. So so that that played a big role. My older brother was baptized at 16 mm-hmm. and a year later decided that it was not for him. So a lot of the male influences in my life, I was noticing. So I did. I wanted to make sure that I wanted to be faithful. And when they asked that question, mm-hmm. until when are you going to serve the Lord? Did I really genuinely um, believed it firmly? Yes. And for me, it was uh, at 18 years of age. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's that's awesome. You know, the commitment and like you said, that that fear of of having that relationship with your personal relationship with God and and like you were mentioning, other people were doing it, you know, getting baptized at a certain age, but uh, you know, just working out your own salvation with, you know, in, in fear and reverence that you wanted to make sure, you know, and um so once you were eighteen you got baptized, how did that road lead into the calling for ministry or for servanthood? Um, did you feel a calling into a certain type of ministry or or just to go beyond just being there in church? You know, I, so being born and raised in church, mm-hmm. I was always um, involved in the ministries at an early age, mm-hmm. um, coming from a family of, of service mm-hmm. uh, within ministry and being heavily involved even during the summers, going to camps, mm-hmm. junior camps and youth camps. And so I actually um, received the Holy Spirit at nine years old at a, at a junior camp. Oh, wow. I, um, I, I, for me, the camps were 
what transformed my life mm. because I, I I recall even at 16 years old at a at a youth camp at that time um, I started um, having an understanding and knowing my purpose mm-hmm. knowing my calling knowing what the Lord uh, where the Lord wanted to take mm. me um, and even just uh, some uh, older brothers in ministry some pastors even just the how now I would call them mentors. Mm-hmm. They, they served as mentors at that time where they would just feed into me mm-hmm. spiritually. And so even before I was baptized, I, I, I knew that, that that was the direction I was going. Mm-hmm. Um, I, again, I just wanted to make sure that it was the time mm-hmm. uh, where it was the time, my time with God mm-hmm. um, and not others' time or others telling me it was time. Mm-hmm. So um, I've always had the heart. I mean, I'm, I personality-wise, mm-hmm. I'm an extrovert. I'm a people person. Mm. I love people. I love, um, I, I believe that people have individual stories mm-hmm. um, and everyone has needs. Mm-hmm. And by just connecting to who they really are is something powerful, which is what led me to go into my career Mm. um but i also believe that because of that that is my passion Mm -hmm. that became into also a calling of serving people serving people in need um and so my calling i would say is not so much formed and shaped in positions Mm -hmm. uh into for example being an ordained minister Mm. or having the positions that um that you've listed Mm. um or even to a point of being an assistant pastor, my calling has been more to serve people of need, to serve mm-hmm. my community, to just make an impact at an individual level and then let it snowball from there. Mm-hmm. So within that, I mean, within the apostolic uh, trajectory, I mean, I've always loved uh, leadership. I've always loved administration. Mm-hmm. I've always loved um the behind the scene. Yeah, I've always loved. Uh, um, I find that the Bible itself. I've loved reading the Bible. Why? Because the Bible is just its own world. Mm. Every book. I mean, it's just. I mean, it's like a a, a movie or like the for the Spanish speakers, it's like a novella. Yeah. <laughs> that so much is happening. Yeah. Uh, if you understand it through the context, I just love those stories. Um. And so I just loved um, just reflecting on on the word as well, teaching it and and eventually preaching mm-hmm. uh, word uh, from the word, mm-hmm. um, which is to me, I mean, it just it was a little bit of all. So I think that I am who I am now because of the um, the I'd say not just one area, but the just the roundedness mm-hmm. of service of people of word of even just uh, through, through our apostolic framework of even just helping on administration mm-hmm. platform behind the scene and so forth. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, definitely. You make yourself available. I always remember, uh, you know, we're touching a little bit on mentors and, you know, growing up with mentors, you make yourself available for those different areas and those, I don't want to call them little things, but you, you make yourself available for those things. Like you mentioned behind the scenes, and, and God will just elevate you to those greater things, whether it's in front of people or not. But, you know, that you God will just bless you with more responsibility, I guess I could say in that sense. Um, 
But brother, did you ever find um, even you know you you had the purpose placed in your in your heart and in your in your life, an area of ministry like you mentioned, you know. Um, but did you ever feel those crossroads maybe that came up, uh, you know, why why you were serving? God or, or serving in ministry or just serving people uh, to say, you know what, what, uh, you know, what is, what's going on? You know, I, I, I guess that has never crossed my mind. Mm. I think at that time though, um, being baptized at uh, 18 mm -hmm. and then a couple of years later um, being up called into the office for um, uh, to be, set aside for deaconship mm. i think for me was for me everything was time mm. time because um if i look back i think that the most important principle that i learned at an early age mm. was availability and adaptability mm. being available to what, what uh to whatever is ne uh, needed mm -hmm. uh service behind the scene administration platform but also being able to adapt mm -hmm. to to whatever is needed mm -hmm. but um at that time for me was time mm -hmm. and i knew for a fact at an early age mm -hmm. that i wanted to break cultural uh paradigms mm -hmm. especially within the church mm -hmm. because all i knew growing up was apostolics are immigrant hispanics mm -hmm. all i knew is that the church is very uh, it's it's at a, at a micro community, very specific, mm. where even to the point that uh, we were not educated. We were not an educated church. Mm -hmm. We were a church that um, was heavy on Spanish, a church mm -hmm. especially. And you had to make a decision. Either you went into ministry mm -hmm. or you went into a secular career or just a career. And I didn't want that. Mm. I, I wanted to go. I, I, I was a bookworm as well. <laughs> I loved reading. I feel that um, I would never say um, I was smart, mm -hmm. but I was book smart. Mm -hmm. um, I, I was always a straight A student, honor roll student, but it was because I loved to read. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to go to school. I wanted to get an education. I wanted to go to college. Mm -hmm. And early on, I wanted to be a doctor. So wow. I think for me was the timing mm -hmm. of, well, there's two different paths. Mm -hmm. If I get set aside now in my early 20s, then I can't have an education. Mm -hmm. um, but if I go this route, I can't get set aside. So I think for me, that was a big existential question mm -hmm. uh, in my uh, walk uh, where I didn't really have anybody to look up to mm -hmm. that had that intersection or that can merge both. Mm -hmm. And so... I want. I I remember doubting, but at the same time, being on my knees a lot mm -hmm. and asking God, "Can this be done? And if so, can you guide me?" Mm -hmm. So I, I I so I know I digress a little from your question, but I think for me that was the biggest existential question: was yeah. how to how do I um, merge these two things together? Yeah especially timing wise when i'm being called into the office for to be set aside mm -hmm. um so that was um the biggest thing where at that time was you know what let's wait yeah. let's wait um and years later i mean god is a faithful god yeah. and i can see how both have uh 
merged very nicely, have complemented its well ministry and my profession. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I didn't have that. I didn't have someone uh, to look up to or to see how things were done. Yeah. And so there was a lot of trial and error there. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And, and just kind of um, on the conversation of that, brother, um, you mentioned education-wise or, or uh, you know, keeping that balance-wise as far as your ministry and education. What, what were some of your spiritual mentors like for you, though? Who were some of those that were able to guide you? You touched a little bit on it earlier, but who would you say were some of the biggest influences for you uh, starting off? Well, of course, my father, my mm-hmm. parents. Uh, my parents instilled the big, the biggest values that I have now, my core, mm-hmm. uh, my apostolic doctrine, my apostolic principles, mm-hmm. my um, passion for higher education, mm-hmm. uh, my passion to break cultural paradigms, especially within the church, mm-hmm. um, my pastors as well. Mm-hmm. But there came a time where they were my mentors, but I felt uh, that it was difficult because there was... Um, lack of relevance Mm. because at times i felt i was um they did not understand me from as a college student or as a um as uh an acculturated hispanic Mm -hmm. living in america uh who's apostolic Mm. entering into campuses that um are very liberal Uh, so those aspects so trying to find um so my mentors played a big role um at the beginning in terms of giving me my identity and my core Mm -hmm. things that do not change but there did come a time where it did become difficult because Mm. the relevance component of do you really understand where i'm at Mm. or what i'm going through in my present time yes yes and Dr. Moreno, how did you how did you keep that balance when, like you mentioned, you were there on campus, uh, you know, you were a servant of God, like you were stating earlier, you had that passion, you had that calling, you 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 know, you had that, and at the same time, like you said, it was kind of how the direction was going towards. You really didn't have anyone to kind of follow, uh, in a sense. But how, how did you balance that, brother, when you were there in school? See, back then, again, I didn't have words to articulate mm. it now uh-huh. as I understand it. Um, I can articulate it. I, I think the biggest thing that um, was instilled in me, I didn't, I didn't know uh, of the term, mm-hmm. but it's spiritual authority. Mm. Uh, is submitting to, to my authority at that point. At that point, were my parents. Mm-hmm. My parents, being uh, first-generation uh, Hispanics, mm-hmm. was you leave the home until you get married. <laughs> so... I was commuting to campus uh, an hour, at times an hour and a half, one way, uh, just to go to campus. Wow. And uh, my parents were um, expecting me to be at church, mm-hmm. expecting me to be involved. And when I had homework, I would either be doing it in the, in the kitchen of the church mm-hmm. or in the back. Wow. Um, I, I re- uh, and I, I didn't understand it. Then I thought that was a little harsh. I thought that that was a little um, old school mm-hmm. of an old school mindset. Um, I remember many times um, even having flashcards uh, as I was going to church, just studying for exams. Wow. Um, but now I, 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 I'm so grateful for it. Why? Because um, it taught me my character. It mm. taught me my principles. It taught me 
my about my priorities it taught me um about submission it taught mm. me about submitting to my authority and i mean and just from a theological biblical principle mm -hmm. i mean i mean that's when the lord blesses you yes that's when uh when when you may not understand what's happening but you submit mm -hmm. to to your authority that god has placed over your life yeah. so that was one um that and two is being vigilant being being mindful that i'm entering into environments that uh People are not like me. People mm -hmm. do not think like me. People do not value the same things as I do. Mm. People do not have the same um, uh, Christ-like mindsets. Yeah. And so um, I, I learned to write, uh, I'm, I'm a people person, mm -hmm. but it doesn't mean you're going to be my friend. Yeah. You could be my classmate, but I'm not going to open up a, 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 or I'm not going to trust you right away. Yeah. Um, now, if you want to know about me, I will give you my testimony. I will give you... Um, my my Christian values, my mm -hmm. Christian beliefs. I will testify to you, mm -hmm. but um, but I gotta be careful. I mean, yes, I got invitations to go to to places where where it's better for us not to be. Yeah. Um, but because of um knowing who I am, I mean, you just kindly decline and just just don't open doors that don't need to be opened. Oh, Amen. That's awesome. That's awesome. And and because of your diligence, because of your faithfulness like you were mentioning and 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 being obedient to your uh parents and your authorities um uh you know i believe you got to accomplish i was reading a little biography of you brother and it says that um you got to uh receive your doctor degree in clinical human uh, psychology you touched on a little bit on that um or you mentioned that a little bit that a little bit earlier and, and how does that um how does that tie in brother to um, being able to serve, does it translate over to the church or, or, or how we can help serve? I, it totally does. Okay. And let me just give you a little bit of background before yes. I, I, I answer that question. Yes. Even when, um, so there came a time where I knew that I needed to fly away from my nest. Okay. There came a time where I needed to fly away from home. I mm -hmm. needed to fly away from my home church. Uh -huh. I just needed to see something different. Mm. Um, that was difficult. Mm. Why? Because it was difficult for my parents to understand. Yeah. It was difficult uh, for just to, to comprehend that even just how the educational system works. Mm -hmm. for, I'm applying to doctoral programs, yeah. but it doesn't mean I'm going to be accepted. Clinical psychology is a very competitive field oh. where in a program about 400 people apply, 30 get interviewed, and about five get admitted. So uh -huh. if you get even in it, if you get an offer, it is a blessing. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't mean, so I applied broadly throughout the country. Mm -hmm. So just the fact that even for my church and my, and my pastor and my, my parents and my family to understand that just because I'm applying doesn't mean I'm going there. Mm -hmm. It could be anywhere and it's out of my hands. Mm -hmm. So what we ended up doing, and this is, I, I, this is, I feel like it's tied to your question mm -hmm. is my pastor and my dad, every time we would send a, a, a doctoral application in, we would pray over it and we would anoint it. Oh. And uh, that way it's, it would be not by chance. Mm -hmm. It would be by faith that God was opening those doors for me. And I had made a, um, 
in agreement with my family mm -hmm. that I would go to a place if and when there was a church there, even if it was a work, mm -hmm. I would go there, an apostolic church. Mm -hmm. um, and the Lord opened doors in quite a few different places throughout the country, but I felt I needed to go to the other side of the country, and that was in Boston. Mm. And I didn't know why. I just knew that it was different culturally. It was different uh, geographically. Mm -hmm. It was different even um, weather-wise, climate. <laughs> uh, going from the desert to New England where it snows, you see the four seasons. Mm -hmm. So by going there, little did I know that that area was still a region under national missions. Mm -hmm. Little did I know that they needed assistance, they needed help. Mm -hmm. um, but I was going for school. Mm -hmm. uh, and little by little, I started getting involved again in ministry. The question started, uh, come, so getting involved in uh, leading worship, getting involved in Sunday school, getting involved in cell groups, just getting in, again, as, as, uh, being um, adaptable and available. Mm. Um, and that started opening my, uh, the getting involved in serving and in ministry as well within the young people. Um, and then just getting heavily involved. So then mm. I ended up graduating with my master's in clinical psychology with my doctorate in clinical psychology. Mm -hmm. And I thought it complemented very well. Why? Because psychology is, is I find that the, there is a stereotype mm -hmm. to the field of psychology where everybody thinks, or for the most part, people believe that it's uh, just for abnormalities or when mm. something's wrong. Mm -hmm. It's actually to understand human behavior. Mm. And it's it's for it's a growth development. So it's perfect for ministry. Why? Because ministry, you want to understand the human being. You want you and you want to understand the spirit as well. So I actually, in my my uh, studies, I decided to study the psychology of religion and spirituality. Oh. So my master's thesis was on the psychology of religion. My doctoral dissertation was on the psychology of religion. I actually have. Um, academic papers, scientific papers, looking at the psychology of religion with a sample of our apostolic churches. So for me, oh. it was a different, even I see that as a ministry as well, mm -hmm. being able to understand pastoral counseling and care mm -hmm. through, a, um, through a psychological framework. Mm -hmm. um, and so clinically, uh, I started getting involved within the Latino community. So coming back to the community mm -hmm. uh, and bringing it back home where um, within Latinos, religion plays a big role. Mm -hmm. So understanding human behavior through a religious lens as well. So I started seeing the service. I started seeing uh, another way of helping people in need mm. through a, a career professional academic lens, but also having it through a religious context. Mm. So one of my goals now is to be able to write books from mm. a uh, psychological framework and also from an apostolic theological framework. Mm -hmm. um, and then when I finished my, my PhD, I, um, I decided to pray because uh, during that time, um, I ended up getting married, my wife being from Arizona, and so the conversations would come up, are we going back home? Mm. So we would constantly pray, Lord, is it time? Um, 
So I decided to take a leap of faith and apply again for a grad program again mm -hmm. uh, through a theological framework. And the Lord opened doors and I uh, ended up getting, um, I went back to school and got a master's in theological studies from Harvard, um, wow. looking at the intersection of psychology and religion. Mm -hmm. So um, with the emphasis of pastoral counseling and care. Mm -hmm. So how those two merge together, mm -hmm. I, I find that um, it allows me to be able to help in higher education, mm -hmm. uh, even through uh, being able to write, uh, being able to understand the church, being able to understand souls, mm -hmm. people better mm -hmm. from their cognitive, their thoughts, from their feelings to their actions, to their spirit, mm -hmm. every uh, the, all those dimensions. It just allows me to understand people and to serve them better, yeah. it just uh, it just came together very well, um, and so this is where I believe that it was all from the Lord, and the timing felt perfect, where the intersection just came together without me trying anymore. Yeah. Wow that that's that's awesome, brother. And how how that worked out, and how great, and to be able to to have that, and to be able to serve, like you mentioned, uh, people in the community. Um, and and it kind of uh, leads me um, kind of away from this, but to, to another question for you, brother, and, and and your service, and like you mentioned, serving people. Um, you know, I, I've seen uh, through posts, uh, you know, through uh, through Facebook, that that you've been traveling. It seems like the world almost, and and, and uh, different types of missionary works or or visitations or conferences. Um, can you share a little uh, with me about those? Uh, activities that you've been uh, that you've been part of yeah so um the lord has, has opened uh doors for me to be able to travel and just serve people through a church context and within the church context mm -hmm. so being able to just go into places that um other generations have not been able to go to mm. so now uh, i find that this generation the millennial generation or even the generation z and x um are mobile um, mm. and so can take the gospel to regions that uh, other generations have, have not been able to. Mm -hmm. So I would say that our generation is more mission-minded. Um, and so for me, just being able to bring in public health, bring it from a public health uh, mm. field, from a psychological field, yeah. but most important from the gospel as well. Um, so being able to connect with people in different places, but also, uh, being able to pray for them, being mm -hmm. able to pray with them, being able to do what Christ did, mm -hmm. right? Bring miracles, healings, wonders. Um, and so just being able to do that uh, through the country and through uh, different places of the world, mm -hmm. uh, third world countries, uh, whether being Africa, be in South America. Wow. Um, and again, I mean, being mindful, I've been doing all these things even when I was in school. Uh, and I, by the grace of God, I mean, I just, because my parents instilled in me mm. the, the importance of multitasking, I mean, I would be doing finals on, uh, plane rides on flights. I would be doing my exams, my papers, um, 
like late at night when mm -hmm. people are asleep. So there's a cost benefit analysis. Yes, there's a <laughs> lot of time and effort that's put into it. But just the bless if you really have a passion to serve, mm. whenever there's a will, there is a way. And so it's tiring, but it's 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 doable. And I find that um because we're mobile and if we make ourselves available, mm -hmm. there there is a way to be able to do what uh to be able to take the gospel, to be able to have ministry, and to be able to do um, like schooling. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's it just been awesome because it it also ref um, refines my faith and my ministry just to be able to see um, need to mm -hmm. be see. Because I mean, we gotta be honest. The, uh, our Western country here in, in America, we're resourceful. We don't have as much needs. We're, we we're comfortable. We, mm. we we don't have. We don't live in 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 an uncomfortable setting. When we enter into those places, mm -hmm. we see faith. We mm -hmm. see spirits. We see demon possessed individuals. Mm -hmm. We see miracles. We see healings. We I mean, come on. Yeah. We see Bible. We see gospels at that time. Wow. Um, so it refines faith. It refines ministry. And so I think for me, that's why. I go back to these places again because mm. it's 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 like it's uh you're seeing it alive and 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 it's just it's just awesome. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, just to be able to experience that, you know, being able to set foot in, in a different country altogether and and being able to, you know, share uh you know the the gospel and the doctrine like you said that's I think that's that's an experience I haven't had a blessing of doing yet, brother, but you know, I hear people testify about it and, and talk about it. And, and and obviously, that's what we're here to do also, to spread and share the gospel. So that's that's awesome, brother. That's really awesome. Um, and brother, just to um, kind of wind things or, or wrap things up here, if if someone listening, you know, is kind of teetering on, you know, should I give this, uh, you know, this, this stuff or this religion or this church or this Jesus, should I give it an opportunity or, 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 you know, I just, I don't know what to do anymore. You know, what would, what would you reach out and tell that person as far as for why it's worth it to, to serve Christ? I will answer it from a, a psychological, I'll give you a psychological mm. answer and I will give you a, a theological spiritual answer. Awesome. Psychological answer is there will be from a positive psychology framework, you will see hope, you will see well-being better, you will have a better life satisfaction. Statistics even show that your health can improve, your, your even psychological being mm -hmm. will improve. Why? Because faith is optimism, because the gospel brings hope, mm -hmm. because there's light, because there's direction, you're going somewhere. Mm. There, uh, There's a lot of literature that even shows that there's less conflict. We're not perfect. I'm no. not saying we're perfect. We're not <laughs> yes. perfect at all. But it, it trans there's a transformation. So even when there's need, even when there's a trial, even when there's a problem, a situation, mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that we're going to be absorbed by that by that that's going on. You mm. can still have life satisfaction. You can still have hope. You can still have direction. Mm. And so for me, give it a try. Give it a try because there, there's a choice. Mm. Do you, how do you want to live your life? And what legacy do you want to leave behind mm. for the generations to come, for your family, for your children, for your grandchildren, and so forth? Mm. From a theological lens, come on. I mean, <laughs> 
I mean, the, I could I could go on and on from a theological lens. Sure. Uh, I I don't know the world. Mm-hmm. I do not want to know the world mm-hmm. because I'm happy of knowing mm-hmm. the gospel. Yes. Um, I, I it's 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 a privilege and an opportunity, mm-hmm. but everyone can have that privilege yeah. and that opportunity. And if you love people and you love life and you want to just bring that to others, there's a home for you here. Mm. There's a home. That's awesome, doctor. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, brother, for, for being a part of this conversation. And brother, where you're out there, we're going to be praying for you and, and, and your family, your wife and, and your child. And, and just, just that God will continue to use you. And, and like you mentioned earlier, there wasn't a lot of mentors or people to kind of look for the steps that you were directing in. But thank God that there's a new generation or a generation of, of people that are uh, like yourself that are, you know, continuing education, but at the same time staying strong in their beliefs and 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 then their relationship and their fellowship with God. And, and that's just really, really great and refreshing to hear, brother. Thank you. Thank you so much for being a part of this podcast today, brother. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. All right. God bless you, brother. Thank you again. All right. As we conclude our podcast for today, I would like to thank um, you, the listener, for joining us. And my prayer is um, my prayer is that we will be blessed by what you have heard. I know I have been blessed. Also, if you're interested in learning more about this podcast or would like to listen to past podcasts, please follow us on Facebook or SoundCloud under IHAP Podcasts. And there you will be able to find all the links to other social media content for the podcast. Also, if you'd like to be a blessing, uh, support this podcast with your prayers. Support this podcast ministry. Um, if you want to, uh, check out our GoFundMe account also in our link. Uh, you can find it on Facebook and SoundCloud. Until next time, Lord willing, God bless. Thank you. <laughs>